I was getting really sick and tired of eating like just the stuff I had in my house from the last time that I went grocery stop shopping, which was probably about a month ago. And um, so I broke down and I ordered food from DoorDash. I was just like, you know what? I'll risk it. (laughs) And I thought it was really funny because DoorDash now has a thing where it automatically says, like it has like an option where you can pick between leave it at the door or hand it to me directly. And it automatically defaults to um, leave it at the door and don't like interact with me, <laughs> basically. Um, and it's set to that by default, and I didn't know that. And um, so when the girl who was delivering my food showed up, she didn't leave it at my door. She, <laughs> she like stood like ten feet away from in front of my door, and then texted me and said, "I'm outside." <laughs> so I opened the door, and she's standing like ten feet back, and she's like, "Here." Um, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> she looked really nervous. Like she, she thought she was going to get in trouble for standing that close to me. And I was just like, I, whatever, just give it to me. So I just walked up to her and took it. And I thought it was just a really funny interaction. <laughs> like, it, it, look, it was it, like, and I honestly haven't physically seen anybody except for my mom in the last wait, month. Wait, wait, that was so, your mom? No, no, <laughs> that was not my mom. That was some girl. But um, yeah, because my my mom has come over twice to like drop off um, like random stuff that she was getting from the store um, because she's a cool mom like that. Uh, But other than that, I haven't actually seen anybody. I've I've been I've been doing what the government recommends and staying indoors and not talking to anybody and not going anywhere. Uh, So she's literally the only person I've seen, and it was just really funny that that was like the interaction was like somebody really scared to like get close to somebody <laughs> like it felt it, it, it like if if this these last month if this last month hasn't felt as apocalyptic as as it should that really sealed it for me where i was just like the only person i've seen in a month and she's like i don't know i don't know she was just really nervous <laughs> it was really it was really funny. at first i thought you were saying that she like went up to your door placed the food down and then stepped 10 feet back <laughs> and then texted you <laughs> like no no that that would have been that would have been weirder <laughs> if she was still there, because I thought I don't know. Whenever I saw that that was the option, I was like, oh okay, maybe they'll just leave it at the door and then knock and then walk away. But she didn't knock. She just she saw the <laughs> she didn't want to knock. Well, I guess I don't know. Dude, <laughs> she didn't want to knock door. and risk me opening the door and and I don't know getting mad that she I was let that she was letting all the disease from the outside world into my home. <laughs> at least she's considerate. I don't know. I'm surprised she didn't go up to your door, knock, and then say, theme song. This is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. Meow. (laughs) Uh, this is Matthew Rawlings, my co-host. Matthew, say hello. Hello. Uh, and our friend of the show, in my opinion, one of the baddest boys of comedy, Dane Kevin Cook. Dane, say hello. Hello. I'm back. And this is the Motion Pixels Podcast. All right, boys. How we feeling this week? How we feeling? Good? Great? Me? I'm feeling great, personally. Yeah, I'm pretty great. I hope you... For every other time Dane's on here, I, I hope he's always the bad boy of comedy. I think that's, yeah, the tradition so far. I mean, I this would be maybe Keep like a kind of a standing challenge, but name me a badder boy of comedy. I mean, 
I can't. I can't. I that challenge I'm gonna have to fail. Yeah, so until that challenge has kind of been accepted by someone, um then you know he'll remain the mm-hmm. baddest boy of comedy on the pod. So uh this week we've all, you know, been bad boys, you know, in our own ways, playing a lot of um Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um apparently we have pivoted the pod to just talk about Animal Crossing. Um this is this has been focus tested really well, so we're looking you know, forward to our community <laughs> embracing this. Um, but yeah, guys, I have been only playing Animal Crossing, mostly little sprinklings of other things. I've been playing some from software games too, um, you know, on the side to de-stress from Animal Crossing. Um, what about y'all? Well, I mean, it's quite clear. I think if you've seen my town or anything that I've been playing Animal Crossing nonstop ever since it launched, but um, yeah, before we move before we move on to whatever you wanted to talk about in Animal Crossing, I don't know, maybe you were going to bring this up, August, but you should tell the story. I mean, like, you, you, we probably, I mean, have people listening right now that are first-night listeners because of uh, a, a prerequisite you, you set uh, <laughs> Oh my god! for visiting your town for a specific reason. You want to tell that story? Okay, yeah. So this was, like, absolutely wild. So last Tuesday... I log on to Animal Crossing at like 3 p.m. while I'm just like on a break and I look at my turnip prices and they were 637 bells. I absolutely freaked out. Absolutely freaked out because last... As you should. Dude, the last week before (laughs) I had seen 282 um, that my girlfriend had and I thought that was absurd. And then I see 637 and I'm like, what? So then I, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm just going to spread the wealth to my, you know, my boys. So I tell you and Matt and you're like, dude, you should like post that somewhere. People will like pay you for coming on your island. And I'm like, <laughs> what? There's an, people do that? What? <laughs> There's a market for having that price. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> little. So I actually, I, I did a little digging around, not a, not a ton, but I, I have not seen a higher price on the internet than that's what i was gonna say is that i i mean even since i've i've peeked in the little there's a little discord that i'm in where people have a channel where they post screenshots of their turnip prices to advertise to come to their town and i'd say like the higher end of what i've seen is like in the 500s i've never ever seen anything as high as what you had i mean 600 above 600 is just bonkers i didn't know that was even possible in the game yeah, it was so. insane. So like you told me that people would like pay for that. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to be like, you know, I don't know too capitalistic about it. But, you know, I'll, I'll post <laughs> about it. So I tweeted out like, so uh, my bells are, I mean, my turnips are 637 bells. And like immediately, like 20 people were in my replies, like within like two minutes, people were like sending me message requests to get on my island. And I was like, oh, God, I have to like finish working <laughs> oh, today. So I put down my phone and didn't look at it for like hours um, until I could finish working. (laughs) And I get off work and posted like, all right, boys, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to make y'all big money millionaires. Tonight's the night. And uh, (laughs) basically I set up on my island like uh, a bunch of fences that basically just made a walkway from the airport to (laughs) my store. And then I made like a little room off uh, off of those fences, like a donation room. And I just stood there with a pan flute and would DM people the Dodo code to my island if they followed the podcast because I just wanted, you know, 
to get the good word yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh Yeah. Yeah, they just came to my island and I was just playing the pan flute for like three and a half hours straight as people dropped <laughs> money at my feet and sold their turnips for like insane amounts of bells. Like I had people sending me screenshots. Like by the end of the night I got through like a hundred, maybe more people. Um nice. it was crazy. It was crazy. People were sending me screenshots of all the bells they made. Like one guy made like two million other guys made like three million because people were coming in and out um over and over again doing different trips and stuff oh my god dude i like i felt like the bernie sanders (laughs) who got a kickback of all of the socialism (laughs) he was slinging um (laughs) dude it was so good it was so good uh it was a lot of fun i saw a lot of uh i saw a lot of funny names and stuff actually i took a bunch of screenshots let me uh let me go on my phone i (laughs) Because I've had a bunch of people coming into my island for various reasons, and uh, some people have have great names, great like titles. You can set like a pre like a a title in the game with like a a preset number of words, and uh, people find some really creative ones. Island names are really funny too. Yeah one of, one of the first uh, one of the first people who came to my island. Uh, shout out to this guy if you're listening. Uh, he's an internet lad. Uh, named Ranch, <laughs> arriving from Quarantine Island. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Uh, Quarantine Island, that's topical. Yeah, we had someone named uh, Pocket Grub Delaney from Worm Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> Pocket Grub. Uh, we had Partially Obscured Something or Other Winston from Winnieville, which I thought was cute. Nice. Um, and I guess I didn't take that many screenshots, but shout out to those guys. Um, there was some very funny, uh, very funny people. There was one person who came to my island who came, you know, like sold her uh, turnips and then came up to me, dropped a ton of money and then started walking away and then came back and was like, um, math problem. And then just <laughs> just stood in front of me. And, <laughs> you know, there's like people what? coming in and out. So I was like, OK, not really sure what you mean by that. And she stood in front of me for like 15 minutes straight. And was just <laughs> was just kind of walking around, and then just said like, "Sorry, need calculator," and then just stood there for like another five ten minutes, and then she was like, "I gave you seventy k more. I need seventy k back," and I gave her her money back. Um, but that was after about a cumulative half hour. Yeah, she over she over tipped me for coming to my <laughs> island. Um, and you know, I gave her, I gave her her, her bells back. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. problemo. But uh, and how many, how much money yeah. have you? Did you just make in tips? Just being the host to this money making uh, escapade. So I asked people to give ten percent of their whatever they made. You know, but it's it's an honor system. So like, who cares? Sure. I just wanted yeah, to yeah. Get something. But I made five point, I think five and a half million bells. Damn. Just through tips? Just through tips. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I had to actually there was I made that fence system, right? And it actually was kind of a problem because when I first started, I was letting like eight or whatever the max is, like seven or eight people on my island at once. And my island it was just constant loading screens with people coming in and out. It was horrible. And I so many people were giving me so much money in tips that my inventory like immediately filled up with money, but I had boxed <laughs> myself in. Oh, no. You know, because of my fence. So I had to just like leave money on the ground until <laughs> everyone was gone. And then I had to destroy one of my fences, yeah. go and bank all my money and come back and then leave like an escape for myself in case it <laughs> happened again. Yeah, yeah. But 
there was one i think it was actually the girl who was bad at math uh she found that secret entrance that i made for myself and just started walking around my town at one point and she was the <laughs> she was the only person who did this everyone else was just like in and out watching yeah, me do yeah. my pan flute <laughs> You know, I was just sitting there tooting away. And she, she was like talking to my villagers and walking around, I guess, while she was doing the math, you <laughs> wow. know, tallying it up. So uh, it was a great That's night, honestly. Cool. It was a, a really fun way. And uh, everyone was super nice, honestly. I was really impressed by how cool the community was. I also had this big like script that I uh, sent to everyone, like a copy pasta, yeah. where I was like uh, in character as Tom Nook welcoming people to Twin Peaks Island, which is the name <laughs> of my island. Um, you know giving them rules the the laying the law down um, it was awesome but that's cool the, i mean everyone was super nice the people i interacted with on twitter a lot of them were like very like queer non-binary people which mm-hmm. i thought was pretty cool to see just like a really open-minded community um for animal crossing everyone oh, was yeah, you definitely. know really nice I, no one was trying to like scam me or anything um it was yeah. an awesome awesome night what i thought was kind of cool was like a I got excited the next morning because uh, I get like news updates on my phone, and there was this one that popped up sent- talking about people opening up their islands uh, for people to come and sell turnips on. I was like, "Did Gus get a an article written about him?" <laughs> um, but it was just about the sensation uh, that I guess because a lot of people are doing this right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I read through the whole article because there was like screenshots. I was like, "Oh come on, where's Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks has to be in here, right?" <laughs> Um, but unfortunately you weren't in there, but I, I, I thought it was kind of funny how that came up like right around then. You should have made headlines with that price. I mean, honestly, that's, I don't think I'll ever see a higher price than that unless somebody gets insanely lucky like that. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Um, I, yeah, I still have not seen a higher price than that. So, you know, hit me up if you do have a higher price than that and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll work something out. I, I'm <laughs> sitting on a lot of tourneys right now. Are you? Are you? Uh, Oh yeah. I I have a basement. I built a basement in my house. I fully upgraded my house with all of my, my big money millions um, from this night. And uh, I, I, I have a turnip seller now. So, you know, I'm sitting on a lot of dough. I'm sitting turnip I, I'm heavily, heavily illiquid right now. So uh, please, <laughs> please God, give me your turnip, good turnip prices. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, if you just kind of sit in that discord and look at the, look at the screenshots people post, if you find somebody who is I don't know, not swamped with a million visitors, then it might be a bearable experience to sell. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people are not going to do what I did and just like sit on their couch for three and a half hours letting people onto their island. I don't know. There are some people eh. that do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they want to make some money. like It's just like... I bet a lot of other people charge more than 10% too. Yeah, yeah. Some people are ridiculous. Like they ask for like half a million bells just to visit. It's stupid. It's like... That's like fourth of what I'm going to make from this, man. <laughs> Well, Dan, you were saying that people will pay you if you have Celeste the Owl on your island just so they can talk to her. Yeah, I mean, like certain NPCs like uh, that are random that randomly appear, uh, they um, they give you stuff. So and they don't limit it to the, the person that lives there. So some people just go and visit people who have Celeste on their island and stock up on the, the stuff she gives out. I saw people made these really cool like very large dioramas of moons and put them out on their island and they were glowing. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Super cool. I think they probably got that from Celeste. Yeah. It's funny. They, <laughs> I mean, with, with the Nicklings, they're obviously in the building, but with, with the wandering NPCs like Sahara and the, and Celeste, 
uh, a lot of people trap them. Uh, in <laughs> what? They like because like NPCs can't jump over holes, but players can. So they'll like make a circle of holes around them, <laughs> so they can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> It's really funny to see like screenshots of like Celeste trapped in a bunch of holes. They're like, Celeste is here. Come talk to her. <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't mind. No, she's too busy looking up at the stars. She doesn't notice. Good for her. Good for her. So, Dane, you should tell us a bit about your uh, your marketplace experience right now. Like how the whole <laughs> like secondhand economy i guess is working in animal crossing because i have i have no reference of what that world is like i guess besides yeah. gus's uh turnip venture i mean maybe yeah, Dane, tell us mm-hmm. what's it like coming from the uh hat trading world to the turnip trading world i mean to give it context i when, when it comes to tf2 I, I was never really a big trader i i traded in very small amounts and i only ever traded for things that i genuinely wanted i wasn't looking to flip things i wasn't looking to like buy something that was like i don't know that had crashed in price that week and i was like predicting that it would go up in price the next week i never really did anything like that but um in animal crossing because the game is new i feel like it's more exciting because there are a lot of opportunities i think for seasonal things like for instance with this whole easter event it's a very real possibility that once the eggs are not obtainable anymore the price of the things that you use uh that you can craft with them may skyrocket so while there are a lot of people selling eggs and stuff i feel like i'm gonna sit on them and and wait until like i don't know mid-october or something and be like hey does anybody want any easter stuff like i think the people that maybe didn't play around that time might be interested in buying that stuff it's little things like that but anyway the whole thing is just the disc it's the discord i know that there are subreddits and stuff and there are forums like the Beltry and stuff that do very similar kinds of trading opportunities, but uh, the Discord is is unique in that uh, it's not based on posts that you make, like on a on a on a forum or or on a Reddit. It's a chat, like in a Discord. So everything's going like a million miles an hour. Posts fly by. You often have to scroll up to even read what was just posted, um, and it's really funny because <laughs> there are people who basically just post what they want or post what they have. And then people DM them on Discord and they set up the meeting that way. And it, and it goes by very quickly. Like you can have a bunch of trades going and you're just sitting on your island waiting for people to show up. They drop their thing and they you drop yours and then they leave. And um, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. But as far as the economy goes, I've noticed that, uh, well, I don't know if you, did you guys know that um, during the first week after launch, like there was this exploit where you could duplicate, I don't know if we talked about that last week, where you could duplicate crowns or anything really? Uh, no. Uh, in local play? Yeah, yeah. Like you could have. Yeah, I think we talked yeah, about that. Yeah, you could that. like spin a thing and then make the crown into your inventory or whatever. Yeah. So like, because that was a thing, there's this issue, I think, where bells are not worth as much as they probably could have been. So people are trading in like, or at least this was surprising to me whenever I started getting into it was that bells are, are like not, I mean, people are trading in like surprisingly high amounts. Like it's not uncommon to see things traded for like half a million bells. So, oh, whoa. um, like what, um, relatively rare items. I must, I, I mean, it's not like everything that's being traded for half a million, but like rare items that are, uh, are like craftable only, for example, <clears throat> Um, stuff like that. But I mean, 
I don't know. I was just surprised, but um, because of that happening, I think that people have started to turn to uh, Nook Mile tickets because that's like the it's like a form of currency in the game, right? And like you basically just make you make Nook Miles by doing chores essentially. So, um, and y- there was no way to duplicate them. So people I I've noticed have been trading in either bells or Nook tickets, and Nook in a single Nook ticket will go for like one hundred fifty thousand to uh 250,000 200 is like really? the average yeah so if you have a bunch of miles you can make some quick bells probably by selling them but wow so it does uh after you finish the achievements that's the, the miles slow down a lot right they do so um hmm. i think that's why a lot of people are starting to really invest in them a lot of people only trade for nook tickets unless the thing is worth less than 200,000 so like for instance if something if I wanted to like buy a rare flower or something, chances are they'll just ask for one Nook ticket for it. So 200,000 around there. Oh, wow. So That's so funny. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I think that that may be a direct result of, of Bells being duplicated pretty early on because, I don't know, it's going to take a while, I think, for Bells to calm down. But at the same time, it's like those Bells are kind of in the system now, floating around. So I don't know. It's it's hard to say. But at the same time, I mean, duplicating bells is one thing, but I mean, it's real like I said earlier, it's really really easy to make money off of the turnip stock market. Like if you just dedicate like a couple days to find somebody who is buying or is selling turnips at like 90 and then like stock up your whole house with them and then the next day just find somebody who's selling at like 500, you could make like 8 million dollars or 8 million bells pretty simply like it's not it like takes a couple hours as opposed to like getting lucky and selling things that are rare yeah once you like once you showed me that discord it seemed like the amount of money you can make really opened up because before i was just you know texting my friends like hey what are your turnips at you know and i have like five six friends who are playing this game right now so it's not a huge amount of people to to text but it you know it was still fun to like you know yeah, when my girlfriend yeah. got 282 it was like what and like i told all my friends like matt was like i'll be right there um, yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's pretty crazy to see the economy in animal crossing kind of opening up like this with people like dedicating a lot of time for these things like especially like the nook miles thing like that's a the constraint on those is really just time to get yeah. those so i can see why that would that's more of like a quote-unquote that is more of a stable currency. yeah <laughs> there's I, there's more faith being put in the nook mile than in the bell right now <laughs> yeah so. uh tom nook in the uh, federal reserve it's like a, it's like uh miles are a cryptocurrency and everybody's like suddenly jumping on board because uh the the dollar's falling out you know now that i think about it when people were coming and giving me tips some people gave me nook miles tickets and i i had no idea what the value of them was at the time i mean i think i got like 10 of them uh, yeah for uh like that that night but it's been cool like all week i've just like not had to worry about getting them myself and i've just been you know going to islands and stuff i think i still have like eight of them or so i've been um, i've been really putting a lot of faith in it because like you said once you get all of the achievements um you're pretty much limited to your daily stuff and i mean it takes i mean if you get lucky with your rng it takes like a half an hour to get two thousand miles so i mean like you said the only real constraint is time 
as opposed to, you know, doing the almost guaranteed way of making like a couple million bells in two days, which is buying low and selling high in the turn up stock market. <laughs> so this <laughs> this like reminds me of what you would learn about in school, like when a when Germany had hyperinflation after World War One. <laughs> like people couldn't like it'd be like a million marks to buy a loaf of bread. And so, like, you could just trade with normal goods better than money. And it's, like, if you think about it, you can carry in total, like, bell value. You can carry more Nook Mile tickets than you can exactly. bells. That's another huge benefit of it is that you can stack Nook Mile tickets in stacks of 10. So you can fill your inventory with, I think, uh, 400 Nook tickets. Oh, and my God. At 400 so that's what, 400? Oh, times. my God, that's so much money. Yeah, 400 times 200,000. I mean, like, that's that's enough money to get you anything in the game essentially as opposed like to bells which you can only really hold about 4 million bells at any given time so it's just a more reliable form of trading at higher value things like for instance villager trading which is other, another like entire Wait, what? thing <laughs> it's a people market <laughs> it, is, it is like an animal <laughs> trading market it's it's this messed is like, up this but... is like tiger king this is like exotic animal <laughs> trading yeah Essentially, whenever somebody has a villager that people might want in their own village, they um they basically bully bully them to l- make them leave them <laughs> leave their town. And most people do this by time traveling, but you don't have to. You can just do this slowly every day. Um, but <laughs> but I mean, like hitting them with your net and like not talking to them, ignoring them and stuff, um, or like telling Isabel that they they suck or whatever. And then making a complaint. So you can do all this to the villager. They'll one day come to you with a question, should I move out? You say, yes, please leave. And then the next day <laughs> they'll be all packed up in what they call as being inboxes, quote unquote inboxes. And so people go on the Discord and they say, um, I have so-and-so inboxes. Um, give me, I don't know. I've seen some lower tier villagers. There are tiers to villagers, by the way, like, Wait, how are there tiers to villagers? I think people just uh, uh, like they're just they, ranked on their silliness. Like what? No, no, what is I think, the hierarchy? I think there are v- clearly very popular villagers, right? Like, like okay, like ketchup is probably ketchup one. is. I've I've actually looked into the tiers of all the villagers I want. I have, I like most of the lower tier villagers. Luckily, so I won't have to like spend a whole lot of money if I want to like go and buy a few. But um, ketchup is one of the higher tier villagers I have. Yeah, she's like A or something, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I know nothing about these tiers, but I can just see like, catch up the <laughs> I duck. I think it's just it looks like a tomato. Is on average, funny. I mean, everybody has, I mean, yeah, a duck that looks like a tomato is fucking adorable. But I mean, on average, people just kind of assume like this is a more popular villager than this one. Right now, Raymond, which is a a new villager, um, oh yeah, he's like he's like a cat with glasses. Uh, Leah called him the fan service villager. I don't really know what that means. I don't really get the Raymond hype, but um, he's like. The most wanted villager by far, is what from what I can tell. And I've seen people um, buying him for upwards of 150 Nook tickets. So what? what? That's like I think I did the math. That's like close to like 300, 400 million bells or something ridiculous. <laughs> what? So. <laughs> oh my god. Do they pay more if he's already in his maid outfit? <laughs> in his maid outfit? I don't know. Have you seen that meme? No. I can you give him oh, a maid outfit? Yeah. So like I guess I was telling you about this. I think like last week when we were just on the phone but yeah raymond is like there's so much hype around him for some reason and he's this really like a type 
business type cat. Yeah. But for some reason, with how the clothing system works for what people like. Oh, you were telling me he, this, yeah. He loves the made outfit. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll see it and he'll be like, what? This isn't really my style, but I think I like this. And then he puts it on. He's like, oh, I love this. This is amazing. What the hell? That's funny. Yeah, so that, like, turned into another part of the meme where, like, Raymond in the made outfit is, like, the next evolution <laughs> of the oh fan service. That's amazing. But yeah, Wait, Dan, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Leah. This is uh, Donkey's girlfriend. Leah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, wife. Donkey's wife. Yeah, Donkey's wife. She's been my kind of uh, Animal Crossing buddy these last few few weeks because I think she plays about as much as I do, aka all day. That's awesome. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So we're always trading tips and and sending. Uh, I'm sending her stuff. She's sending me stuff that I need and things like that. But. I was asking her about the villagers, and she said she mentioned Raymond being the fan service uh, villager, which I thought was interesting. I don't really know what that's supposed to mean because <laughs> I don't know very much about the Animal Crossing fandom. Uh, but that was the most ridiculous price I've seen. The lower tier villagers I've seen go for like ten Nook tickets, which isn't terrible. Um, but the like A tier is like forty or fifty. And, and then when you get into S tier, that's when it can really blow out of the water, depending on who's who's um, bidding. But so Raymond is an S tier. Raymond is like double S tier, triple S tier. Yeah. Like I I go in that villager trading chat and I see like half the people asking for Raymond. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, um, it's cool. And um, I mean, I have almost I think I have a little under half of the villagers that I want uh like as permanent residents so and then leah was gonna send me some oh that was another thing is that raymond is also so expensive because um he doesn't have an animal crossing amiibo card do you guys know what those are yeah oh yeah so he can't be scanned into the game with the amiibo cards you can scan them into the game through the little nook uh the little nook terminal and they'll instantly show up in the tent and um if you craft a specific item for them uh, every day for three days, you can invite them to your village, and then it'll force a villager of your choosing out. So it'll force oh, wow. put one of the villagers of your choice in boxes. So it's also an ideal way of kicking a villager out that you maybe want to sell, but it's also just a really like reliable way of getting a villager you want, right? Oh, whoa. So <laughs> Those are some strats. I told Speed her... Strats. <laughs> I told her, I gave her a list of the villagers that I want. She has three cards um, of those villagers, and she was going to ship them in the mail. So, Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. I know. So uh, I'm going to have to buy three or four villagers. So that's what I've been doing is I've been doing some crafting services, which is like the easiest way to make money in the game, I think, is that if you have some relatively rare crafting recipes – uh, you can basically just say, I can craft these items, bring the materials that are required to craft them to my island, and then pay me like one Nook ticket and I'll craft it for you. And then you can leave. And it's really easy because it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, basically, just open your island and then give the Nook code to whoever wants to get that item. Um, I've been doing it mostly with the golden watering can because I have a perfect town. And not a whole lot of people have that yet, so um, I've been doing that. And it's this is an item you get for having uh, like a five star ranking uh, on your town. Yeah, so if you have a five star town for um, a week or something, it'll give it to you. So, um, oh well, yeah, 
it's been pretty cool so daniel you you typically make like tf2 videos on youtube are you you've been playing so much animal crossing have you been thinking of making animal crossing videos i have and and with uh how many people are coming over to my town i I get a few people that recognize me from my videos and they're like oh that's so cool a few of them are asking me if i'm gonna make animal crossing videos and uh i've considered it i just don't think i would post them on that channel um I ironically I already have a channel called Uncle Topia that, that <laughs> which is the name of your island. Yeah, I named it that because I thought it was a perfect name for my island, but I already had the name Uncle Topia in my mind for just a channel. Oh, whoa. So, I mean, is this I don't know. Is it too good to be true? Is it is it is it's, it uh, the fates cool, telling man. me that I should make an Animal Crossing channel or I don't know. It's uh, some serendipitous shit. I really don't know exactly what I would make my videos about. But um, you know, you could make them actually about Animal Crossing. <laughs> no, I mean like specifically in the game. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I, I'm I'm relatively new to the whole Animal Crossing scene. It's not like some of these people, like Leah, for example. She's like an Animal Crossing purist. Like she knows everything about past games. She knows everything about like existing sets, sets that were like cut from the game, sets that are new. I don't know anything about that. So I feel like it's not really my place to make a an Animal Crossing channel where I feel like I know what I'm talking about on the same level that I made my TF2 channel. So um, honestly, I don't really know what I would make videos about. So that's the only roadblock as far as I can tell. But I am passionate about the game, and that's the first step. So once I get to the point where I'm thinking to myself, man, I wish people would make Animal Crossing videos about this, this, and this, and I think to myself, well, I could be the one to do that. Because that was basically the, the thought process that I took to make the Uncle Dane channel. So... See, I think you already have it, though, because the stuff you've been saying in the last, like, 20 minutes are just things <laughs> I didn't know. And sure. I bet there's a lot of people that, like, like if you want to make money, I thought I had to grind fishing, which now in my head is it sounds like the, the worst way to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I if I can just trade my Nook tickets for, like, hundreds of thousands of bells, I'm probably going to do that. And, like, I didn't know there was, like, a, you know, a black market for trading animals like <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, there's a market for everything man there's like there's people who have entire islands where they all they do is grow flowers and they all they do is make hybrid flowers and they sell those that's where i bought all my whoa. hybrid flowers i call them the botanists because that's all they do whoa i go to their <laughs> islands and there's like no there's no buildings or no pathways it's just a field of flowers <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> that's sweet yeah that's sweet yeah um, maybe you're right. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. It depends on, on how interesting I think I could make it. Um, but, um, what you're talking about when you're saying like, oh, I thought that I had to grind fishing. You do. That's, that's how you play Animal Crossing. But this is like the Animal Crossing community more than the actual game. Like, I feel like I'm not playing Animal Crossing the way you're supposed to, I guess. And this was also kind of a discussion that I had with Leah because she's, like I said, she's an Animal Crossing purist. I, she probably doesn't like being called that, but that's what I'll call her because she does. She feels uncomfortable uh, clearly with getting items this way. I think that she feels like it's more legitimate and more rewarding to wait until that those items are available in your shop and buy them yourself. And I could see that being a way to play the game and the, the game actually being enjoyable that way. I could see that because a lot of people don't play it like balls to the wall, fast paced, like, uh, like 
uh, the freak like I do. <laughs> like it's it's not it, it's it's a uh, I don't know. It's a it's a way to play the game, but it's not for everybody is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I I think it's still interesting though. Like the whole like this is the meta. <laughs> the meta of Animal Crossing <laughs> is weird ways the markets work. Like the Nook Miles ticket thing, I find so fascinating cuz like <laughs> yeah. the coolest part about it is that it's actually tied to people. Yeah. Like you they the uh, the value, the hundreds of thousands of bells value that are assigned to it, that that only works if people are willing to actually pay that much. Yeah, people just kind so of came together and up, decided that that's how much they're worth. <laughs> yeah, like you can't go to Tom Nook and sell it for that. That's just no. that's completely it's like an actual currency in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's insane <laughs> it's so cool yeah it's it's yeah you're you have it right on the money about how, why i find it interesting is that it's just i'm interested in like micro economies or like game economies in general i think that they're really fascinating that's one of the things that always fascinated me about tf2 uh regardless of how little i participated in it but it's um yeah it's fun i'm interested to see where it goes like because new bells are being made every day with the stock market so i can only imagine like some sort of inflation has to happen right that's what i, that's what I assume we shall see i don't know because it's like after everybody pays off their home loans what else is there to spend money on in the game besides the very very like inexpensive comparatively things that you can buy from the shop like the most expensive items that i've seen in the shops i mean obviously there's the crown which is worth a million point two there's the tiny crown which is a million flat and then the most expensive furniture item that i've seen is like the piano which is like close to three hundred thousand bells and everything else below that so i mean when you when you're like 20 million bells deep and like even way more in nook tickets like what where do you where are you dumping those nowhere well i think the <laughs> i i think the like end game for a lot of people is probably to have the perfectly tailored you know island that like the exact island they're looking they're looking for like they're you know like oh for sure we were just yeah. over at uncle topia and like that is like an amusement park of your design so i think like <laughs> that i mean you're living you're living what i think they're the the way people are going to be spending their you know quote-unquote end game sure bills. yeah yeah what i'm saying is that compared to how much money is being generated compared to how much money is being destroyed essentially um it's very uh weird like imagine <laughs> imagine like the the u.s mint printed like a like billions of dollars every day like that would be damaging i would assume right <laughs> like that's essentially what happens every day when people cash in on their turnips so i should make i should make a bot that scrapes the discord to find the general value of a nook miles ticket and like graph it so you can watch the the inflation almost. you know <laughs> oh dude i would help you with that i've been doing that in That'd my brain i actually have a note i have a document uh, that i have open on my other monitor where every time i see well i did this for like an hour when i first started noticing that nook mile tickets were like a thing and i basically would just write down the price that i was seeing something like a nook mile ticket being sold for or bought for and then i i came up with like 20 different numbers and then i averaged them and i, I came up with like close to 200,000. So I mean Whoa. and then and then generally you can just look and see like most people buy and sell for 200,000 and most people are selling for more and buying for less, which is normal. Um so yeah, if as long as you just average out the difference between what people are buying and what people are selling for, I feel like that's where you can really value something. 
Because a lot of people aren't going to sell for market value. A lot of people are going to try and get a deal. And a lot of people aren't going to buy for market value. And they're going to try and get a deal. So that's. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, it seems I, I like. I got to look at all of this. The amount of stuff there is, the diversity of yeah. different furniture sets and clothes and everything is just so absurdly broad in this game that i can't imagine like we talked a lot about roguelikes recently on the pod and those are games that you know are centered around this inherent randomness yeah and animal crossing is not unlike that with how it doles out um furniture and clothes and whatnot like the gifts you give and things that are in your shop are all random every day so i just with that in mind i, I can't see how you can really get everything you want in on your island you know to have that perfect like uncle topia <laughs> island um like i can't see how you can do that without without diving trading. into this organic community yeah exactly without doing any so kind it's of cool trading. that yeah i don't think you could i really i really I don't agree think i think could. it would take you years if not never <laughs> to, to which is like if you did maybe a bad thing maybe a good thing design wise but it certainly seems like nintendo knows that like this is the console where they can have that community grow. I hope that they realize that the game has the potential to be as community driven as any other, as any other online game, and they start improving um, the mechanics surrounding it. Like we were talking about with people going into your island and like taking forever for people to load in because I don't know if I mean whoever is listening who doesn't play Animal Crossing if you didn't know. It's Nintendo, and they do online different. Let's just put it that way. And um, so every time someone shows up on your island, um, you have to exit out of any conversation. You have to close all your windows, and then it, it basically doesn't let you play or move around on your island at all. You have to watch like a minute cutscene of watching like a progress bar of the plane landing, which is basically just a fancy way of showing the loading uh, bar for them downloading your island because that's apparently the way but that they it, get it. It is a really cute. It is adorable is and the music screen. is fun, so it's not horrible. And honestly, most of the time that that screen pops up, I go pee or something, so it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> but it's still really irritating and it makes no sense. It, like, why wouldn't they just let you roam around on your island while that happens? Like, it seems like a no brainer, and it seems, I don't know. It seems like they didn't think that people were going to visit people's islands very much, so it was going to be a special occasion, so it wasn't going to be that big a deal, but people are... Uh, uh, you can tell. You, you can... That by the Nook Mile achievement, you max it out at, like, 10. Yeah. <laughs> I got it in, like, the first, like, two days. It's yeah. like, yo, the max one is uh, you visited 10 times. Uh, you're done with this now. It's like, really? I, I'm going to do this a lot more. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they notice that the online feature is much more popular than they anticipated and they start improving it maybe make it so the progress bar of somebody coming in your island is in the corner and you don't have to stop playing the game for it to happen we were talking about it earlier it'd be cool if if you just saw a shadow of the plane of your island uh, or like over your island or like if you've looked up you could see the plane or something uh just really things cool. like that that don't disrupt gameplay to have people come to your island, I think it would be really helpful. And and there are signs that they're listening to the community. For example, last night, like late last night, as I was going to go to bed, um, the maintenance, like maintenance happened. Um, I don't know if you guys have been online when that happens, but 
sometimes they do mm-hmm. maintenance for the servers or something. And uh, so they shut down online. And when that happened, everybody in the Discord basically stopped trading and they all went to the general channel and started trolling and making a bunch of noise. But among the noise, (laughs) there was news that there was going, that there was a a patch that was released. And um, as soon as the Japanese patch notes came out, it was translated and posted on there. uh, And it was exciting news because we found out, uh, I was there when everybody found out as a community that they nerfed eggs (laughs) <laughs> they made it oh thank god they made it so i don't know if you guys have been annoyed like i have from these fucking balloons but man there were so many balloons during the first few days of this event that it was like it haunted my dreams the sound of balloons <laughs> and they and there's so many i mean so many eggs i don't know i just don't personally i don't really care about a lot of the seasonal stuff well the issue the is that they gave you so many that, that it was so easy so to find. many they were so they were so plentiful and they and not only that but they cut into the actual resources that you need exactly so it's, it's like <laughs> i think it'd be a whole other thing if they didn't and there, if there's a lot of eggs but you still got you still got the you know, normal amount of a rock that you typically i mean do. i'm running yeah. low on wood here man like i need wood you know and so um they apparently cut down on the amount of um like the frequency of of two specific types of eggs. I wish that they would have cut down on the frequency of all eggs, but apparently they only cut down on the frequency of the balloon eggs spawning in, which is great because the sound alone was just pissing me off. And then they were also cut down on the frequency of the eggs that appear as fish in the water. Cause that was also really, Oh, those are the worst. Cause literally every medium sized shadow was an egg. Like I could just tell that it was an egg and I would just scare it away. I wish they would have just, (laughs) differentiated them out like in the water if you could just tell it was an egg like sometimes you might want an egg well what i'm saying is that they were so frequent that any medium-sized shadow because there were never any other size shadow was always the medium-sized that if it was a medium-sized shadow there was almost a hundred percent chance that it was an egg like i think i only ever caught a fish from that shadow like maybe two times out of the entire time that i was fishing so um apparently they cut down on the appearance the appearance of that um but they, I, from what I can tell or from what I've heard, they didn't cut down on the appearance of any of the other eggs. So it was still irritating when farming for wood that you'd get all these wood eggs. I have like stacks on stacks of wood eggs, which may be great uh, come mid-October when nobody has them anymore. But then um, I can sell them for millions and millions and millions of bells. But who knows? For now, it's uh, it's irritating though, and I can't. I honestly like. I hope that <laughs> I hope that events are not like this one in the future because this one is is uh kind of annoying personally it's not game ruining but it's still annoying they're all gonna be no like no, this. no no <laughs> they better not <laughs> they're all gonna be like no, this no. man are you telling That's me, are you telling me like... uh um uh what is it um who's that who's that guy in the america hat uh, uncle, uncle sam, sam shows up on your island jumping around and he says Hey, I'm Uncle Sam. Uh, a bunch of I have a bunch of America-themed uh, items to sell you uh, or, or for you to craft. Go and find a bunch of fireworks in the wood and all. Uh, everything's fireworks now. the The fish are fireworks. The fireworks come from the sky. Everything's fireworks. <laughs> everything. Everything explodes. Everything explodes. <laughs> it ruins your game. That would be terrible. No, I hope that they come up with like creative ways to do events instead of this, which just annoys people. You know. Because I crafted all of the, yeah. the exclusive items in like the first day, <laughs> and then I was done. <laughs> and 
and now I'm just waiting for the eleventh to cash in on the last two that he gives you. As a like like if I if I put on like my developer hat for a minute, it seems like they've already thought of this holiday system where there's holiday recipes and the holiday recipes can only be created with a holiday resource, the eggs in this case. <laughs> so I, I just unless they really rethink it, which it doesn't seem like they're they're making radical changes to it i i well i think it's nintendo i don't know if it'll be fireworks you know maybe you'll find you know freedom eggs or something yeah. <laughs> they'll but, just be uh... different skinned eggs there'll be a christmas egg yeah, there'll be I a halloween the... egg fuck that that'd be so dumb I mean, that could be funny like jack-o'-lanterns or something <laughs> no I don't know. no I... it would be a halloween egg it'd be, a, it'd be an egg I... that looks like I... candy corn <laughs> like no one would they would just reskin them that'd be so lazy i would hate that that doesn't sound like nintendo to be honest but no i mean like what do you I get what he's saying. It's like a formula, sure, right? Yeah. Like you find the resource and there's... Uh, yeah, not that it's going to be eggs, but it's I, some I, sort of yeah. resource. No, I think you're right, but I think it's actually be more um, like how the Cherry Blossom event that's getting overshadowed by I prefer Easter that. stuff works. I prefer that by far. Yeah, it's like one little thing that you occasionally yeah. see. Like, and it's really pretty. I think for Halloween... <laughs> Yeah, that's the same formula. In the old games, you would dig up candy, or you would talk to villagers, and they'd give you candy. So, like, I think that's they'll probably stick to stuff like that. I think the egg thing, it just because it's like the theme of the holiday is find these. I think they're like, oh, it'll be super fun if we do it this way. And I think it just got out of hand. Well, I hope that the theme, because it's the theme of Easter, if you think about it, is like there, it's eggs that are hidden in places. So it's like, oh, we hid them in the water, we hid them in the ground. Yeah, like villagers giving me candy i don't like that's fine that encourages me to go talk to my villagers more which i need to do more of anyway but like finding them in in place of of uh resources is irritating maybe maybe they could do this if their plan is to do the the resource replacement in the future may you can still do that just make it so that i get it in addition to instead of instead of yeah (laughs) then i wouldn't be as mad like it's just irritating like maybe i'll catch a fish and then the guy will be like oh also the fish had an egg in its mouth you know i get the fish and the egg instead of instead of a fish you get a fucking egg idiot (laughs) it's so it's insulting almost it's like don't do that yeah having something like completely auxiliary to the main game loop i think would be the least offensive way to maintain this holiday resource and holiday recipe crafting system like imagine halloween you get a special like a villager comes up to you and gives you a special emote that is like a trick-or-treat and yeah. the trick-or-treat emote you put out like a bag and if you do it in front of a villager they give you candy but you're not finding candy in the trees you're not fishing for candy something yeah. like that that's not in your face but you can still you know use the candy to craft like a frankenstein for your house or something like that would be cool yeah yeah Mm-hmm, definitely it's yeah it's like the cherry blossom thing which i agree is being overshadowed by the egg thing because it's like and it's like a holiday but this is more like a seasonal thing and the cherry blossom stuff is stuff that people actually want to craft um and that's more like oh and it, like in addition to hunting bugs now i'll just catch these as well because they're also floating around like the bugs mm-hmm. so it's nice it's like a, a thing that i can do in addition to what i was doing not instead of getting what I want, I get this that I don't need anymore because, like I said, I already crafted all of the stuff that I needed to craft in the first day because I got so many damn eggs. Speaking uh, of speaking of bugs, I just saw those water bugs for the first time yesterday when I was fishing on this trash island that I found. 
Um, oh, you got Trash Island? I got Trash awesome. Island. And what was funny is that I fish, you know, on the river on Trash Island, and I only find like tires and uh, boots and <laughs> trash and stuff, but I also found eggs. So more trash. <laughs> oh, more trash. That's great. Have you ever um, been to Fish Island? Or, oh, or not not Fish Island, but uh, Bass Island, I guess you'd say. <laughs> no, oh, that exists. I, Are I you hate, serious? I, yeah, I've it's been a troll. there. It's a troll island, I swear. It's You can only catch bass. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I've had that. It was awful. I'd say it's probably only good for when you're trying to farm that uh, achievement for getting 100 fish in a row without missing. I got I got to, like, 80, and then I messed up, and I got mad, so I left. Oh, dang. <laughs> I'm I I'm terrible at fishing. I've I have a trigger finger, itchy trigger finger. I miss like every ten fish that I try. If I were you, I would uh, I would just stop missing. I mean, I've stopped fishing altogether because I already caught all the fish <laughs> I need to catch, so I don't need to fish ever again. The fish, uh, <laughs> the fish this month are really cool. The lionfish, and then like the Finding Nemo, like you got Dory and Marlin and Nemo and all that. It's yeah, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> I caught a turtle, and uh, it's so cute that I almost kind of want to catch another one, but they're pretty rare. I have not seen. Oh, you a know you can you can put those in your house and they they walk around. Yeah. What? Really Are you yeah. serious? Uh huh. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna fill my house with turtles. You should do it, but they're a rare. Fe- they're rare, and they can only be caught after 9 p.m. So you gotta stay up late and catch them. How big are they? Um, they're pretty big. I mean, they're, oh. they're almost they're almost <laughs> as big as your villager's head. Oh my god, I cannot wait. I love this game. Yeah, I love they're this adorable. Game so they're, this guys. is the first Animal Crossing game where you can catch turtles. I think. Are there any turtle villagers? There's Tortimer, but he's not a villager as far as I know. Tortimer and Cap'n, but they're NPCs. I guess they're all NPCs. They were like special, you know, villagers. They they had roles in the town. I'd like there to be a turtle villager or two. That'd be cool. Or three. They seem to put them into categories. Like there's the there's the um, ostrich category, but only a few of them are ostriches. Some of them are flamingos. Some of them are like I have the peacock one. Like they have like a shape, but they're not they're not all ostriches, you know. They have they're just the long necked birds essentially. Oh, interesting. What are what are some other of these? Um well let's see, there's uh cats, but then there's also um wait no, sorry. I was thinking of something else. There's like cats, rabbits, monkeys, like you know. Well I'm like trying to think deep. of like I'm trying to think of like a, a a type of villager where most of them are the villagers breed but then there are also sub breeds within that if that makes what? sense that's a thing like like i like said he's talking like, about like with, the, the the long-necked bird yeah like with o- like the the villager name is ostriches but i have a villager in my town for instance who is clearly a peacock oh okay but she's in the game like category she's an ostrich and then i have i've seen i really want um there's one that's a flamingo named flora Whoa. Um, so there's that. Uh, is she so on the, uh, the black market for like A tier? Yeah, something? she's she's the highest tier villager that I want. I think she's A or S. She's going to be expensive probably, but I have saved up so far about 100 Nook tickets. Uh, Dang. So uh, I'm making progress. By the time that I need to fill those spots, I'm sure I'll have enough to buy the villagers I need. I hope they come Thank to your you. island extremely willingly. <laughs> yes, extremely willingly. <laughs> Uh, aka me walking into their house and saying come to my island so i have been this this is not really pivoting the conversation bear with me i have been watching twin peaks lately Rewatching twin peaks which is like my favorite tv show and there's a character in twin peaks lucy 
who is this super aloof uh, receptionist at the Twin Peaks Police Department. You know, the, the story is like a, you know, cop drama, supernatural kind of thing. And you see this this lady quite a bit and she's always answering the phone and like you go out, like someone will go up to her and be like, Lucy, what's new? And she'll go on for like a solid 30 second monologue about like what was just happening in the soap opera she was watching instead of doing her work. And then the sheriff talking to her will be like, no, Lucy, I mean, what's happening in the real world. And then she'll, t- she'll tell everyone like what's new at the police, at the police, uh, uh, center. What do you call these police stations? <laughs> and <laughs> the police house. yeah, the, the police, the police house. And, uh, I really truly think that uh, Lucy's character was the basis for Isabel in um, uh, in Animal Crossing because Lucy also has this like poofy blonde hair, you know, has a similar demeanor. Um, and Isabel, you know, same vibes as the name Lucy, in my opinion. Um, I really, <laughs> you guys should check out Twin Peaks if you haven't, just for this fan theory that uh that i have about it i mean it seems like every time there's no news um for her to tell me the beginning of the day she always talks about something she saw on tv yeah i'd like i'm saying you could be right you could be right and i i know there's a twin peaks connection with nintendo because i heard that the developers of Link's awakening um for the game boy had just finished watching twin peaks when they wrote the story and the characters and whatnot for Link's Awakening. Because yeah. if you play Link's Awakening, there's all of these like really odd things happening that people kind of take in stride. Like <laughs> there's this old man who lives on the island who is like really nice, but he only talks to people through the telephone. Like that's exactly yeah. the kind of character you'd see on Twin Peaks. Like there's one character who like is this integral witness to this whole murder they're trying to solve. But he's this guy who lives in a, a greenhouse full of orchids and like will never leave this greenhouse. So they have to go to him in this greenhouse. But it's like not that big of a deal. You know, yeah. it's just I think like Animal Crossing has these same kinds of like quirky <laughs> things that people just kind of like take in stride because everyone's just a little silly on the island. Um, it's cool. <laughs> There's also the animal village in in, uh, in Leaks Awakening that no one really cares about. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. Just like a whole, their whole village of talking animals, and no one. Everybody's like, "Yeah, that's the animal village." Yeah, it's like when I think of Twin Peaks, it just like is a perfect example of a juxtaposition of total boring normalcy and weird, wacky, supernatural, even horror elements. And Animal Crossing doesn't really get into the horror elements, but that that juxtaposition is there. Uh, in Animal Crossing, that's one thing that I love about it so much. That's one thing I love about uh, Link's Awakening so much, um, and Twin Peaks. So, um, if you guys haven't watched it, I know Matt, you've seen some of it at some point. I would definitely recommend it to you as well, Dane. Yeah, I, I had I had an unfortunate. Uh, I was gonna watch Twin Peaks like when was almost ten years ago. Uh, my dad had uh, back when I lived at home. I I my dad had this dvd set of the entire first and second season and the way they organized it was it was like you know like because dvds can't hold as much it, multiple cases with like episodes you know one to six and then seven to whatever and it had that for all uh, both of the seasons and then there was one episode that was called like episode zero that was on a separate dvd and 
I don't know, for whatever reason, I just assumed that was like bonus content or some like weird like prologue episode they made. So when I went to watch it, I started on episode one that was that was on the disc with all of the other episodes. And uh, that wasn't actually um, the first episode. It like puts you right in the middle of events happening, but it didn't give like a recap. So I didn't realize that. I thought it just kind of dropped me in. And uh, yeah, I just I didn't get into it. Um, and I learned later that I was supposed to watch episode zero first. Um, I have but, never heard of episode funny. zero, but that does not surprise me that you would feel like totally lost because even as someone who's seen the show multiple times already, watching it again, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything. It's like Game of Thrones. There's like 30 characters who you kind of have to pay attention to because they all have like a little bit to do with the story, but are all just doing their own things at all times. Yeah. Like, okay. So we were having this conversation where I was telling you to watch Ozark and you're telling me you'd watch it if you watched Twin Peaks. Can you give me like a five minute sell on Twin Peaks? All right. So there's a murder on an island and a lady has a log who knows what happened. A log? Like a diary? No, 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 no. A log as in like a piece of wood. That she like carved out what happened on? No, no. It's just like. It's like her friend. Her name is Log Lady. What? The, it's a it's a log that's like. Wait, are you being serious? Or? I'm being dead serious. <laughs> what? I mean, I've heard the show is strange, so it's not that surprising that there's a a log that knows something. But I'm just curious to s- how does she justify explaining to people that this log knows, and how does the log tell people, and how does the log talk to her, and she can only hear it, or. Yeah, so she is this older woman who walks around town with a log, and everyone just knows her as Log Lady, I guess. And at the beginning, so like the whole thing is about this murder mystery with uh, the kind of it girl of the town, Laura Palmer. She she washes up on shore on shore um, of <laughs> uh, of Twin Peaks, which is in like Washington in the Pacific Northwest. Um, she washes up on shore uh, covered in plastic, and the show is kind of about. The, the mystery, like an FBI agent, um, Dale Cooper, uh, played by Kyle MacLachlan, who you may know as the mayor from Portlandia, who's basically, in my head, fan theory, the same character that he plays in Twin Peaks. Um, but he comes to like try to solve the mystery. And at the beginning, the log lady just kind of shows up in like important places at, at, at the right time and will tell people like, my log saw what happened. And other various hinting statements. And at first, I don't think anyone pays attention to her. But like, I at the part in the show I'm at right now, for instance, Log Lady just happens to be at like the most important place at the most important time in terms of like solving this murder in like a supernatural way. Like, I don't want to give too much away about it. But um, basically, the circumstances align in such a way where... Uh, this FBI guy is inclined to believe, you know, what she says her log saw. But uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting character, Log Lady, um, and an interesting show. And I don't want to say too much about it because the mystery of Twin Peaks is like all of these little things that tie together. Like I'm talking about this one character, Log Lady, but the show is full of characters like that that are just like these weird wacky people who are fixated a lot of times on totally mundane things that don't really have anything to do with the story but the fact that they're fixated on them kind of colors thematically the story and like 
makes you feel like you're, I don't know, like you never really know what is going to be around the corner and you don't know if like the next thing that's going to happen is going to seem like this totally mundane side quest. Like there's a whole side story in this murder mystery TV show about this woman with an eye patch who invents silent drape runners like like uh drapes you know like the the things that connect the drape to the 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 drape uh what do you call that like the drape holder like that bar on the top of the Mm, yeah uh, yeah she invents like silent a silent version of that so you can't hear the drapes moving in and out but right as she like tries to sell the invention she gets struck with amnesia and becomes like like her psyche becomes a teenage girl and she actually goes back to high school and like her husband has to pretend that he's like a jock in high school even though he's like a 55 year old man (laughs) what the hell yeah and all the while there's like this very serious murder being being solved and like this weird like (laughs) cosmic horror stuff going on uh it's great i would highly recommend uh twin peaks david lynch directed it uh very cool director he created it and directed a bunch of episodes yeah huh okay yeah, I'll give it, I think the the part that I like that sounds the most appealing to me from what you're saying is like all the weird ways characters tie in. I I, I like shows that do that where Oh, dude, it's crazy. There's a lot of weird like you just got to you know, like Game of Thrones, I guess is a good example where there's a lot of like is it like that where there's a lot of characters that are kind of having their own stories and they end up all like kind of tying together towards the end? Yeah, that's the cool thing about Twin Peaks is that like it makes you appreciate the little mundane things that people are into because eventually somehow it'll tie back into the story in a, in a way you just won't imagine because of how mon- mundane things just tend to lead huh. to other mundane things that, you know, they end seem up mundane, but then uh, they don't seem as mundane in the bigger picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, Oh, there was like a reason for that happening. Sweet. Yeah. And like, yeah, like this log lady. At first you're like, oh, this is just like the resident crazy lady on the island. But then you're like, oh, wait, maybe a supernatural log is like one of the w- least weird things happening right now in the story. And like, maybe it does make sense that this log saw what happened to Laura Palmer or whatever. It's like signs. You ever seen that? It's like signs, but rather than aliens, <laughs> there's logs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I love Twin Peaks. I named my island in, uh, in Animal Crossing Twin Peaks. I, uh, I, I made a bunch of like merch i sent you Twin the Peaks laura merch palmer on the uh image that you can put in the game oh dude i am 100 percent gonna put that up i totally forgot about that until right now <laughs> oh yeah. yeah cool show cool show plus isabel's in it so yes. you know, come on hop on <laughs> isabel's in it isabel's in the show yeah uh, yeah Credited i have a too. small i have a short story to tell before we hear about o- ozark i hope that you're gonna pitch ozark next but oh, i have yeah. a short yeah uh, related to your experience of accidentally wa- watching the second episode <laughs> of uh twin peaks first i had uh, a big brain moment like that with the show one punch man um, oh i don't know exactly why i did this or what even happened but when i went onto netflix and i watched i clicked on the first season of of one punch man i unwittingly and accidentally clicked on the last episode first so i watched the last episode of, <laughs> of one punch man first and i didn't even notice the entire time and i'll tell you why it's because i don't really watch anime very much and i don't know whenever i watch anime i I get i get into this mindset where i'm like well it's an anime so it's not really that weird (laughs) there were a bunch of characters i didn't know who the hell they were 
they were all like doing some crazy fight with some big boss like and i was like well this is kind of an intense show this is like a lot going on (laughs) um i mean maybe they'll explain all of this in a flashback like i didn't really think too much about it and then after i was done watching it i like clicked back onto like the episode list and i was like oh shit that was the last episode whoops (laughs) and so i went back and i just watched from the beginning i was like oh now this makes sense okay and then when i finally got to the last episode i was like okay this all has context now this makes sense so that's funny it's like a weird experience but what's so strange to me is that i watched the last episode of a tv show and i didn't even think twice about it like that is how (laughs) weird that i mean i don't know maybe i have this weird mindset about watching anime that i just have tolerance for unexplained things but. Well, to be fair, One Punch Man is a show that'll just drop you in any random episode will drop you into like a boss fight that you would think would be the series finale. But because <laughs> yeah. the main character is a guy who can just punch anything and kill it in one punch. Yeah, like that's just kind of the kind of the how the show goes. But, yeah. you know, it was probably exacerbated by 10 because it literally was the series finale or the season finale that you were watching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it seemed a little overblown. And like I said, there were a bunch of characters that I didn't know, but I thought that was just like, oh, okay, these, this is just the ragtag group. And I didn't realize that there were supposed to be like episodes that introduce each character, like Pokemon. But yeah. no. no. <laughs> that's I, great. I didn't I didn't think about it. <laughs> anyway, let's hear about Ozark. Because that's a... Well, I, uh, Twin Peaks has been on my, uh, uh, on my Netflix list of movies to watch or shows to watch. Um, but also Ozark has been. So I want to hear about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Ozark's it. Well, Ozark, I have to, I guess the title, the title's just Ozark, but the region it takes place in is actually called the Ozarks. So I don't know why they went with that title, oh. but oh, okay. um, anyways. Uh, yeah. So like the base summarization, I can think of the show for like the theme of it. It's like as if Marty Bluth from Arrested Development, uh, had to start laundering money for a drug cartel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like what it is. Cause uh, the show is what the main character is Jason Bateman. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the episodes are actually directed by him, which I, I thought oh, was whoa. pretty cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there, there's a lot of cool things uh, about the show, but the general like theme of the series is uh, Jason Bateman plays this guy who's uh, really good at um, being, he's like a financial planner in Chicago. Uh, which is another reason oh, hey, you might like it. The first, there's am. a lot of Not Chicago references. Yeah. yeah, they actually showed that that cool honeycomb building. I think in the first episode. Oh whoa! Yeah, it was cool. Um, but the, it, I started watching it like when it first came out because uh, that was when I had just moved um, uh, to Germany when I was starting my study abroad, and I was I didn't really have a lot to do because I just got there and didn't know anybody. And Ozarks popped up, and I was like, okay, this looks interesting. Um, and I'm really glad I started watching it because it's a uh, it's this show where yeah i was explaining it uh it's a financial planner and from some this is kind of ruining a bit of the first episode but it sets up the whole show uh he basically his partner ripped off a drug cartel and they kill they are gonna kill him and they're gonna kill uh jason bateman but he talks his way into like hey i can make you a lot of money uh if you let me go out to the ozarks and uh, I, I can help generate a lot of money for your drug cartel. And it's like all based off him just kind of like trying to find a way to 
knock it off right then because he doesn't actually know how he's going to do it he just kind of suggests it because i think he saw like a pamphlet for it right before (laughs) um and so the show's kind of based around him and his family so he has a wife and two kids um and he's just constantly trying to uh find a way out of all these problems that are popping up um whether it be like there's a lot of like family issues he has going on there's the drug cartel that is constantly like wanting to kill him but they're giving him a chance because they need to make money so they're gonna let him see what what he can do but like the moment he's you know slips up they're gonna just like kill him and move on um so there's always like a lot of moving parts uh and that are going on the show and there's always some sort of issue that um uh what's his name in the show i think it's marty uh he's trying to figure out how to get out of the entire time and so it's like there's a lot of really good uh tension that's constantly building because there's a problem you're like oh well how's he going to get out of this you know it's kind of like breaking bad in that sense where there's like the drug angle and there's like these weird odds and you're thinking like how is this smart guy gonna dig their way out of this hole right yeah um and so that's like what keeps you watching each episode but what's also really cool about it is it's a good example of like modern tv shows that are doing like really good uh cinematography and like planning out all their shots and making it like look really good Mm. um because a lot of the imagery in the show is really well thought out uh like one for one episode that was really good at highlighting this was like the opening of season two which i think is the episode that it won an emmy for best directing i think yeah it was an episode jason bateman uh directed and that year it beat out like game of thrones and a bunch of other huge shows um yeah and uh it's just like you it, you can break it down and you can see themes. Like I think the scene in particular that one, it was opening up and it was like the family talking about being open and honest with each other about secrets. But every scene would be framed with like uh, Marty and his wife sitting there and they're always shown together because they have secrets they're keeping from their kids who are also framed together because they had secrets they're keeping from their parents. And as people would shift around, depending on what they were talking about, the people in frame would be the people that either knew or didn't know a secret. And you know, the other person there would, yeah. So there's like a lot of thought put into a bunch of the shots and how it's uh, constructed. And on top of that, the show is constantly filmed in this like really like almost horror film esque manner where there's a lot of like slow moving shots that are kind of setting like this scene, like it, cause the Ozarks are uh, a big, like wooded lake area in the Midwest. And so they'll be driving through and there's like a bunch of trees. There'll be this giant overhead shot where you'll see this car going down this like lonely road through a bunch of trees. Or it'll be this like big shot that's panning over a lake and all the colors are really like kind of like washed out and it makes it kind of look hopeless, you know? Uh Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of thought that goes into it. So it's a really good, I I find it to be a good example of like all the cool things you can do with TV now. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's pretty enjoyable from both the senses where there's a lot of there's a lot of tension in each episode and then it's also just like really well thought out like how it's actually produced. So yeah. highly recommend it. That's awesome. It, it, it's a dark comedy? Uh no. And so I guess the the rest of development line was kind of like <laughs> a meme. Uh the character that Jason Bateman plays though, it's he's like a like, you know, uh, Michael Bluth was the most level-headed person in Arrested Development. Um, it's kind of like as if that character... It's almost the same character where he's very serious and uh, focused on the thing that's at, on, 
at hand, you know, um, not, not exactly like a, a comedy. It's more, it's a drama. It, it's okay. there, a lot of mm-hmm. people compare it to breaking bad. Cause it's, it's pretty close to something like that. Well, that's very interesting. I, I mean, I, breaking bad is my favorite show of all time. So I definitely would be very interested. I didn't know what it was about. I was, I was planning on going a hundred percent, uh, blind, but just hearing about Sorry. the, no, no, I, I wanted you to tell me cause I, <laughs> I mean, it's taken me this long to even watch the show. So. But now that now that I know like the premise, it's like even more attractive because I like that kind of uh, theme and and if you're telling me that it has like because that's another thing I liked about Breaking Bad is that you could tell that they cared about shot composition, they cared about cinematography, they cared about mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Oh so. yeah, super weird stuff in uh, Breaking Bad cinematography. I'm I'm stoked to start this, dude. This sounds right up my alley. Yeah, like I think I was saying a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but. I like I think season one of Ozarks is just better than season one of Breaking Bad. So Yeah, that's uh, an insane well, claim. I could I could I mean season one of Breaking Bad isn't isn't a masterpiece. It sets up the show, it's important, but it I mean, I'd say that they're I mean, season three and four are probably like the best seasons of television any of anything. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be offended at, at that. But that's that's very cool that the first season really starts off that strong. That's awesome. Yeah, and that that's what the claim kind of accounts for. Like season Breaking Bad definitely builds like what you're saying. Like three and four yeah. are definitely some of the best, if not the best, of television. Uh, this show starts really strong and it's just kind of kept the same level. Like wow. I thought season three was really good. Um, there are already it might three be seasons. the best season. Yeah. It's, it's been out for a couple years now. Wow. Um, so I got a lot to watch. You'll, you'll have a good <laughs> amount to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the quality stays pretty high. I think two might be a little lower than season one, but season three, there's like one thing it did that I didn't really like, but the rest of it was really good like the 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 second to last episode uh got me really hard they it, it was like a really emotional episode and i thought it's i like misheard I you for up. a second what i thought i misheard you for a second got me yeah, no, really I, hard <laughs> no, I, I, I still think i still think he means erection no it was uh it was a very emotional episode uh i i kept I kept pushing back my bedtime to watch it, and it was like <laughs> two in the morning. I was tired. Nice. I had a you know wine while I was dro- drinking the not uh, while I was watching the show, um, huh. and I was I was just it hit me, man. It was good. It was a really good way to uh, start closing up the season. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good recommendation, man. I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I love Jason Bateman too. Um, he's in a lot of just like cornball movies, but he's always such an enjoyable character to see i think he, he kind of always plays the like kind yeah. of kind of pedantic but well-meaning uh he kind of plays himself character. essentially is what i can from yeah. what i can tell he seems very much himself in in a lot of roles but i mean i i always enjoy he's one of those yeah. one of those actors that whenever i see him in something i'm always i'm always it's into like it paul rudd you know like he's not bad. exactly yeah. I, that's Actor, exactly what i was like, thinking yeah, of he's a guy he's a guy that plays a guy he's good at it yeah uh okay dan yes so Last time you were on the pod, you were talking about music, clearing music for the uh, the i documentary you're working on with uh, with i Yeah, yeah. Is there any any developments there? Have you uh, no? Do you have no. anything else? Animal to, Crossing to say is 100 taking over my life. Uh, I haven't even edited anything. <laughs> uh, I feel bad, but I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I gotta I gotta work on that. Um, I haven't heard anything back, so 
I'm assuming that once Ian finds something out, he's not going to delay in telling me. So, I mean, I'm assuming we haven't had any developments, any developments regardless of my progress. So there's that. Um, as soon as I find out anything about like what the go ahead is, which I am like 80% sure the go ahead is we pay the fee and we use the song. So, cause I mean, from what I can tell, it's not going to be an unreasonable amount of money. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that uh, it's very likely that that song is going to be legally used in a YouTube video because that I feel like is not something that happens very often. Yeah, that'll be big. What uh do you know around when the documentary is going to drop? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> do not know. Um Yeah. It, I mean, I might have to talk to Ian about this, but uh I've heard that it's kind of hard to get a sponsor these days because of the uh recession. So I'm wondering if it might not even be a good idea or even possible to put the video out um, oh, well. anytime soon because it might be difficult to get a sponsor. I could be wrong about that. I'm com- completely talking about my out of my butthole, but I'm pretty. <laughs> but I mean, like, disgusting. I mean, if we can't get a sponsor for the video, then uh, then the video will have been made for nothing. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, like, we would have we basically would not be paying ourselves for making the video and we need to pay ourselves because we're actually uh re- we actually kind of require a budget for this one if we're going to use that song so uh, so in that situation would you just sit on the dock because I, sure. it doesn't sound like it's like time sensitive it's not it's not time sensitive at all um clearly <laughs> i'm taking my sweet ass time editing it we shot it in november <laughs> so i mean if it was time sensitive it would have been already been out by now but um it's not so we could sit on it very easily that's crazy that all the the going on in the world has impacted getting a sponsor for that. Cause, uh, well, I'm not sure if it has. I'm not sure if it has that. Like I said, I could be talking about, but but I've heard from a few people that getting a sponsor is harder because uh, not as many people are willing to drop uh, a lot of money because obviously there isn't a whole lot of people spending money right now because a lot of people are jobless. A lot more people, yeah. a lot more people than usual are jobless. I think the unemployment rate's gone up by like, I don't want to, oh, I don't know of any percentages, but it's gone up by a lot. <laughs> so millions of claims, some of yeah. the worst, uh, at least the U.S. has ever seen, which is, yeah, I guess that impacts it. I just, I just, uh, you know, was looking at the immediate part of there's more people watching YouTube, right? It's the time to advertise. Sure, yeah. I guess, no, you could be completely right about times, that. You could, yeah. no, you could, you could argue that. Maybe some companies that put a lot of their budget into online advertising would be more inclined to spend money in that department because of that. You're right. But I don't know if that's true. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to have to basically come down to uh, I have the video edited. I hand it over to Ian. He okays it. He says, all right, I'm going to find a sponsor. If he doesn't find a sponsor, then the video won't come out. So uh, I have no idea, essentially, when the video is going to come out. <laughs> and that's why. And it's it's for two reasons. Because uh, I'm addicted to Animal Crossing and t- two, <laughs> yeah, the economy's in the toilet. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the money economy may be in the toilet, but the bell economy, the nook ticket economy The nook is ticket economy chugging. is flourishing, yes. Yes, that is a rock. I mean, I, if I were to give Donald Trump any advice, I'd say invest in Nook Mile tickets. I'm adding them right now at the real Donald Trump. Inve- invest in Nook Miles. You won't regret it. Signed, Uncle yeah, Dane. Um, 
everyone, if you could, uh, after listening to this, um, go on Twitter and at real Donald Trump and uh, tell him to go big on bells. Yeah. Hashtag go big on bells. If everyone tweets him at the same time, he can't ignore us. He can't. Yeah. Hashtag. That's the hashtag. This is a movement. Um, So thank you for being part of a movement. Um, And uh, this is like our longest podcast. So this has been the Motion Pixels podcast. (laughs) I'm August. Hello. This is Matt. Hello. And Dane, the bad boy of comedy. Everyone's favorite uncle. Um, Uncle Topia is alive, well, thriving. Um, And uh, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. finished i'm surprised she didn't go up to your door knock and then say theme song that's from something uh, that's how that's how we kick off the the, the theme song on our podcast oh. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking sucks i was like what are you making a reference to a movie or something like what are you talking no. about no dude that was a reference to pod lore Oh, it reminded me of the part in Emperor's New Groove where he says theme song guy and then the guy pops out of the cake. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, this is the, this is a crunk cast. A crunk cast. Dude, crunk's like one of the best characters of all time. <laughs> squeaky squeak squeak squeaky squeak squeak uh, squeak. Cusco. Uh, <laughs> Cusco. Uh, <laughs> 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 Never mind. Let's just cut this part out. Let's move on.